What is up, you guys? It's your girl, Cece, and welcome back to another episode of 21st Century Cripple. I'm sorry if you guys thought I fell off the face of the earth. Um, I kind of did in a way. I had to focus on graduate school. I had to focus on my mental health and really just try to get a grip on what was the end of the year of 2020. But I'm back and I'm ready to speak to you guys and I'm happy to be back. And it's a new year, 2021, 21st Century Cripple. I just feel like that's good luck for me and good things are going to happen. This podcast is going to reach millions of ears. I just know it. I feel it in my bones, but I'm ready to be back with you guys with a more structured sound and to, you know, be more aware. I realized that my last couple of episodes, I feel like I was rambling topic wise, but that was because mental health wise, I really wasn't feeling all that there but I'm going to speak on that in today's episode because I am feeling all right today and I'm feeling all right this year and I feel blessed and I feel like everything I've been through the past two years is going to make 2021 a year of prosperity for me and growth and I'm grateful and I'm here and I'm ready to speak to you guys about what the hell has been going on Um, and really today's topic is going to be transitioning from being a kid with cerebral palsy to being an adult with cerebral palsy um, because really that's where a lot of my depression has come in lately Um, it's really hard adjusting being an adult that has a disability it seems like we are more resilient as kids obviously but we also have more resources handed to us and more care given to us when we're kids and when we're adults I feel like sometimes I'm screaming for help and nobody hears me but um we're gonna we're gonna dive into that topic obviously into the episode but I just wanted to tell all of you happy freaking new year we made it through 2020 we don't ever have to speak on it again but I hope that we learn lessons from 2020 I hope that we are more aware of our neighbor we are more cognizant we are smarter more socially aware um, more aware of political systems that need to be changed and altered um, congratulations to Stacey Abrams in the state of Georgia y'all did the damn thing I hope Texas follows suit in the next couple of years but um i hope we are awakening that we can change democracy um this generation you know people born in 95 and through on like we can change the political face of this country we can change the we can change everything that is wrong right now we have to stand up we have to learn how to pick it we have to learn how to write our representatives we have to learn how to make our voices heard whether we're disabled or not um we have to make our voices heard. This is for every single person in our generation. We can make the change. We don't have to live by the standards that our grandparents' generation set for us. We can be that change. So that is my main message for 2021. Um, I feel like we've grown so much in 2020 because so much was thrown at us that we did not ask for. But that's how you grow. You grow through uncomfortable situations. So I am feeling, call it overly positive. I'm feeling great about 2021. I'm feeling positive and I feel like good things are coming. We planted all the seeds possible and um, we just have to be hopeful and keep watering those seeds that we've planted. So today I want to talk about the transition from being a kid with disabilities to being an adult with disabilities and just tell you guys what's been on my mind lately. So I'm so happy to be back with you guys. This is 21st Century Cripple, the first episode of 2021 and let's get it started y'all.
What is up, you guys? I'm so happy to be back with you guys. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Uh, we officially made it through the through whatever the hell 2020 was. We made it. Uh, we're back and we're better. And I like to think that we're all blessed and we planted the seeds that we needed to to grow this year, hopefully. So um, I'm, I'm excited for this year. I'm optimistic. At least I try to be as optimistic as I've felt lately because I haven't been feeling optimistic really the past like year and a half of my life. But you know, you know, we're working on it. We're trying, we're getting there. Uh, and I really didn't feel right coming on here and being all affirmative, affirmative and positive when I just wasn't feeling it and wasn't feeling that way. Um, I was dealing with kind of my own self-hate kind of thing, uh, in relation to my cerebral palsy. Not that I hated myself or hate myself, but just, um, when you have a physical disability, every year is a different year for you physically. So, you know, one fall can change it all. Um, one bad sleep and your back hurts all day, you fall, and then the rest of your year is fucked. Um, and excuse my language, I'm sorry, but uh, it's my podcast, you know, I curse, this is what I do, whatever. Um, but yeah, so one bad year well, or one bad fall can can mess up your year, and that's what happened to me in 2018, 2016, when I went to New York and I tore my meniscus and it went untreated for three years, and then I had to get a whole leg reconstructive surgery and a knee reconstructive surgery because the cartilage in my left knee was is like essentially non-existent, doesn't exist, not there, and I had to get a um, leg reconstructive surgery because my left leg was turning inwards. Um, making it like very uncomfortable and pulling at my hip down to my knee and it was pulling inward like in towards my groin instead of straight where it's supposed to be um so that was very uncomfortable and you know in the fashion of 2020 my right leg started doing it um because I had previously had surgery on my left leg and my doctor did tell me that my my right leg was going to start doing what my left leg was doing because it's going to get weaker, um, obviously, because this leg, my left leg is made of freaking titanium. I'm like a cyborg. So he told me that this was going to happen. Um, I was going to fall a lot more and my right leg was going to get weaker and that most likely they were going to have to do the same surgery on my right leg as well. But in my, in my brain, I'm like, mm that's probably going to happen in my 30s. Like, that's that's going to be fine. That, that'll that be later in the future. I wasn't expecting three, only, it's been only three years since I've had that major surgery. Um, I wasn't expecting three years and already feeling pain and discomfort from my other leg because I had surgery on one leg. Um, and then also on my left leg, they wanted to break and realign my foot, but I didn't do it because I was going to Texas State University and they were not an accessible campus by any means whatsoever, period. Just accessibility and Texas State do not belong in the same sentence at all. Um, so I didn't break my foot because I would have been in a boot for six months. Um, so my left foot is still out of alignment and still kind of pulls my my leg out of where the doctors try to put it back in the first place. So I, I'm dealing with a lot of discomfort. And uh, surprise, surprise, I haven't been to the doctor in about two years. So I'm just dealing with a lot of pain, um, a lot of falling. I'm very stiff. I can't really straighten out my legs. Um, you know, like a normal person, sorry to call you normal, 
we're not not normal if we have a disability, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, people without disabilities. Right now, if you're sitting, I'm pretty sure you can all stretch out your feet in front of you and just stretch out your legs and be completely straight, stretch out your feet and bring them towards you. For me, it's painful and it'll probably take me five minutes to point my feet towards my head just because it takes a lot of concentration. So, um, you know, it's just dealing with those realities setting in that I have a physical disability and I'm getting older. I'm in my mid-20s now. I'm not super duper, super duper young, even though mid-20s is young, but my body is telling me no. Uh, my body changes from year to year. And, you know, if I'm already feeling arthritis pain and all this kind of pain, I can only imagine um, what my life is going to be like when I get older. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, uh, whether whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not, as a disabled community, we do have a lot of um, anxiety about like what is our future going to be like? Um, how what is how is my disability going to look like in ten plus years? Um, that's always on my mind because I literally, like I said, it changes from year to year. I can have a good year with very minimal falls um, and didn't hurt myself at all. You know, everything was fine. And then I have a year like 2020 where I fall so much and hurt my hip, uh, big bruises along my legs. And, you know, I hurt myself so bad at some point this year, I fell with boiling water in my hand and I've broken so many priceless glasses that were priceless to my stepdad. They were his great grandmother's glasses. I've broken my mom's glasses. I've broke, I've broken plants just like catching them on my way falling down. I've literally uprooted the entire plant and I felt so awful. Um, so, you know, my falls are becoming a lot more dangerous the older I get which is scary. It's really scary to think that if nobody was home when I fall, um, I might have broken my hip or I might have spilled boiling water on myself or I might have cut myself with the glass that I fell with. Um, so my falls are increasingly getting more dangerous and my Apple Watch was starting to tell me every single time I fell and it was giving me anxiety so I took that shit off just because I don't want you to tell me every time I fall, I know. I know, I know, Siri, I know I just fell. Um, <laughs> and it tells me like how hard I fell, which makes me self-conscious. So I took it off because it was making me anxious. But um, I was literally dealing with the anxiety of coming to terms that I'm not as well as I think I am. And as much as I get on the podcast and I preach to all of you, especially my disabled followers, that we need to love ourselves and we need to love our reflection and love the skin we're in because I am proud to be cripple. Um, duh, 21st Century Cripple is the name of my podcast. I am very proud and I own it. Um, it's never going to go away. I own it. I live in this skin. But some days we really do need to be honest with ourselves about how our disability affects our lives, our mental health. And we're okay just because we cry about it some days doesn't mean we're pitying ourselves. And honestly, I would much rather pity myself than other people pity me. Um, so I have these moments where I just cry about it and think like, what am I going to do? Or how, how do I get better? How do I prolong myself from getting worse in the future? Um, and in reality, you know, cerebral palsy isn't going to go away. Um, and, but as long as I keep my weight down and I stretch and, um, that maybe could help. 
But, you know, the thing with life is, it's first of all, it's painful to stretch. I, I'm not going to willingly do that to myself <laughs> unless I have somebody, like, pushing me along or telling me that, you know, you can do this, you can do this, because that little bit of motivation really does go a long way. Um, but then also, there's it's like a double-edged sword because I'm kind of self-conscious when people watch me work out or do anything because I know my form isn't correct because my legs aren't even aligned. I, I understand that. Um, and I feel self-conscious about being corrected because I feel like you're watching my form rather than watching how hard it is for me to do any of this in the first place. Um, and I can't ride a bike because I don't have balance. I have balance issues. That's like a key component of cerebral palsy. But I've been angry lately. I'm like, well, why can't I ride a bike? Why hasn't anybody taught me? So I think in 2021, that's going to be on my bucket list of things. And uh, when I learn how to ride that bike, I'm going to come on this podcast and be so freaking happy um, because that's literally one of my dreams of life. I know it sounds silly to all of you non-disabled people that are listening, but that really is a dream of mine to be able to ride a bike. Um, with no freaking training wheels and not a tricycle bike, but like a real adult bike. I dream of that day. And maybe 2021 will be the year that it happens. I can get a vintage, beautiful bike. And if I have to strap my feet to the pedals with Velcro, then I'll do that. But I just want to, that one, that is my disability, uh, that is my disability, uh, thing to conquer this year, I guess you can say, my disability quest, <laughs> learn how to ride a bike, because I have other goals um, in life that don't revolve around my disability. My life doesn't revolve around the fact that I have cerebral palsy, but it is a consistent factor in my life, and to ignore it would be irresponsible, and I felt like it wasn't responsible for me to come on this podcast every week and speak positively and tell everybody that they need to accept what what their diagnosis is and accept that, you know, this is their life and they should be happy in it. When sometimes I do get depressed and sometimes I don't want to look at myself in the mirror. Sometimes I sit there and I question like why why is life so hard for me? But those are those are tiny moments and I never sit and dwell on them for too long. But to say that I don't feel them and I don't have those moments would be I'd be lying I'd be a complete liar and I wouldn't be being honest with you guys and for this podcast to mean so much to so many people that have messaged me on all the time I've been away and um to disabled people that I that I click with and that that you resonate with the things that I say and the non-disabled people that can see my perspective and like what I what I say and what I talk about um I can't lie to you all. I can't come on here and say that it's a great day being a 21st century cripple when I'm in pain and it hurts and um, I have bruises all over my body and I'm uncertain about my my physical future because I haven't been to the doctor in two years, but um, I'm working on it. (laughs) And I think in order for me to have the best episodes and the best quality and the best spirit I can, um, I need to be honest. So that's why I kind of went away for a little bit. Um, I don't hate myself, y'all. It's just some days are really hard. And sometimes you really do get tired of being in pain all the time. You get tired of having to explain it to people. You get tired of feeling it. Sometimes I just want to physically remove the pain from my body and just beat its ass. Like if the pain in my body was a person, I would beat its ass just because it's so rude and unnecessary. And the pain comes in the weirdest of spots. And now that I'm getting older, I'm having more um, I guess neurological issues. I'm having a lot of um, nerve flare-ups, f- 
feels like somebody is setting my setting my leg on fire from the inside and for the longest time still to this day really I don't have um, a medical diagnosis name for it and I don't have any medications for it so when I do have my flare-ups um, those are just really rough days and I have been having a lot of those uh, more often than not lately so it it's been rough it's been rough and I, I can't come on here and lie to you guys but that is the reality of being disabled and being a 21st century cripple. And if I'm not coming on here and also speaking to you guys about my troubles and just not rainbows and sunshine, then I don't feel like it's authentic. So um, I'm being real with you guys. It's been hard lately. Um, it's been stiff. I've been really stiff. Um, when I look at my reflection, I get a little bit emotional because I can see that my walk is changing from just a year ago. My walk is... Um, I can physically see that my left leg, my right leg is weakening in comparison to my left. Um, it's starting to cave in. Um, every time I bend down, my knee kind of caves in, and that's not a good sign. That means surgery is probably going to have to happen soon, and that's a reality that I had to grapple with as well. Um, it's frustrating when you're an adult and you're trying to plan your adult life, your career life, whether um, I'm not married or in a relationship or anything like that, but um, those are things that you have to take into account when you have a disability and you think about surgeries that you're going to have and things like that. You have to take your family into account, your job, um, your schooling. I'm in school um, and, you know, things like that. And um, when you're a kid, we don't really have these worries. All we really worry about is I'm going to have the surgery and I have to recover and I can go back to school and everybody's going to sign my cast. Um, it's definitely <laughs> different as an adult. Um, I was more resilient as a kid, I will say. I had three major surgeries as a as a child. I had one at six, one at nine, and one at 13. And those were drastically different than the surgery I had at 22. Um, the one at 22 was, the recovery time was gruesome. It was harder. Um, I don't know why. Um, I'm not any bigger than I was as a child. I'm literally four foot nine. I have feel like I've been this height forever. So it's not like I'm any bigger or anything. But just being an adult and dealing with the surgery and dealing with the amnesia and dealing with the coming out of it and that nasty, funky taste in your mouth and um, also dealing with the side effects of medication, which I found as I'm getting older, uh, I don't vibe with narcotics. My body doesn't like them um, at all. So any kind of narcotic to deal with pain, I'd much rather just deal with the pain and not take it because Percocet codeine, all of those things that they prescribe to you coming out of surgeries and when you have chronic pain, um, they don't do anything for me but cause more issues. I have physical withdrawal symptoms. I get itchy. I get sick to my stomach when I don't take them. And, and I don't want to become a slave to the nar narcotics especially. Um, I'm only 20 years old, 25 years old. I don't want to start taking narcotics by the time I'm 32. My liver is fried. Um, so Really, I just deal with the pain. I deal with a lot of Tiger's Bomb and, um, you know, smoke a little bit of ganja. But that's, that's about it. That's um, how I deal with the pain and cope. And I just cry for a moment, uh, sit in the pain and let it pass because I'm choosing that as opposed to the narcotics. I just feel like it's too easy to slip into addiction that way. And um, rather than that route, I'm choosing to deal with the pain. I'm hope hopefully... Um, I can get back in with my doctors this year and get back into physical therapy. 
the thing about being disabled in this country, being unemployed in this country right now, and being 26 almost, um, my Medicaid changes from year to year. The What they decide to cover changes from year to year. And my, as my condition changes from year to year, um, they, they're, they're telling me what I qualify for and what I don't qualify for. And a lot of times with um, chronic illnesses like cerebral palsy, um, you would think I would have, you know, an endless prescription for for physical therapy, and that's not what it is. Usually, we have a physical therapy for like 16 weeks, and then when the therapist feels as if we are responsible enough to do the stretches and workouts on our own, then we're released from physical therapy. But my issue with that has always been, okay, you can work on this with me for 16 weeks, but there's always going to be something else we need to work on because the disability isn't going to go away. They're treating it as if it's like a sports injury and, you know, a certain amount of time rehabilitation and we'll be better. But in reality, if we had physical therapy as an ongoing treatment all the time, not just, you know, for the set amount of weeks, it would probably do better for us physically because we can work through when we have falls, we can work on different strengths and different parts of our bodies um, when we need it. Um, but that's not the way Medicaid is set up. That's not a w- the way medical insurance companies are set up. So a lot of the services we get, we'll get them, but they'll be for like a limited time. Or you can get them, but you can only get a certain amount of hours. Or sometimes they don't even have access to orthopedic care or orthopedic doctors within your state. Luckily, I moved back to Texas and Temple, Texas is known for orthopedic Um, surgeries and orthopedic help. So that's where I was born. That's where I was diagnosed. So luckily, that is where my, I am where my hospital is. I just don't have insurance at the moment um, due to the Trump administration and everything going on with food stamps and SSI. um, I'm kind of, I'm uninsured. I'm kind of in the gray area right now. Um, And I don't want to shack up all this money with doctor's visits um, when that's unnecessary if I was to have Medicaid. So I'm working on it. I'm trying. Um, It's hard. It's hard out here being an adult because when we're kids, we're not aware of, we're not aware of the SSI restrictions. We're not aware of ableism. We're not aware of, um, you know, the fact that the working world and the, you know, the working world and the career world are two different things in the working world. Um, and working class jobs aren't set up for disabled individuals. A lot of times for us to prosper, we need to make a name for ourselves on our own accord. We need to make it for ourselves in the professional community, which takes time. Or we, you know, we make it YouTubing or podcasting, wink, wink, or, you know, other ways to support ourselves. But a lot of times disabled individuals either get married, survive on a part-time income, find other ways to support themselves, whether it be artistically or um, Medicaid or trust fund or whatever, however people take care of themselves, being disabled, it changes as you grow up, especially if you rely on government assistance and things like that. Um, Because my social security has fluctuated so many times since I was 18, um, because I had to reapply for it when I was 18. And I was denied the first time I reapplied for social security at 18. So um, 
they will do that. They will deny you multiple times. They're trying to see who really needs it. Because if you really need it, you're going to apply again. And then the second time I applied, I got accepted and obviously been receiving Social Security since I was 18 because I'm disabled. But the things that people don't talk about with Social Security is Social Security is going to run out here very soon. And if that runs out, that's going to leave millions of Americans like myself and worse off than me and older than me. Medicaid and Medicare are two different things, people. Um, But they're both going to run out soon. And that's going to leave millions of people left without financial means, left without any care whatsoever. And if they're not blessed like myself or other individuals to live with family and to have some sort of structure around them, um, how are they going to pay for their in-home services? How are they going to pay for their nursing home care if they if they receive that? How are they going to pay, care for their medications? These are essential disabled issues that are just getting swept under the rug. Nobody's really talking about it. Um, when Biden got elected um, back in November, it uh, seems like the election is still going on because it is, and this is the longest election I've ever been a part of as a you know, as a millennial or what am I, Generation X? This is the longest election. I feel like it's been going on for years. But when um, Biden got elected, uh, they were, they mentioned the disabled vote on CNN that night. And I thought that was a monumental moment, but I couldn't help in the back of my mind wonder, okay, so you you mentioned the disabled vote and how important the vote is and crypt the vote. Which is, um, if you don't know what Crypto Vote is, it's a movement to get disabled people like myself and all of you listening um, involved in politics, get policies written um, around dis- disability and disability issues and bring them to the forefront. Crypto Vote was responsible, largely responsible for having people go out and vote for Biden and be aware during this election and things like that. Um, but I couldn't help but wonder, are you just... Are you mentioning this as a talking point? Are you actually going to care for disabled individuals? What are you going to do about Social Security? What are you going to do about ableism in the workforce? What are you going to do about the unemployment rate with disabled individuals in this country? What are you going to do about inaccessibility all over the country? Um, These are major issues that are affecting us every single day. Um, Affordable Care Act is being debated right um, in Supreme Court, and a lot of disabled people um, need Affordable Care Act. A lot of disabled people are uninsured, don't even qualify for Medicaid. So, as um, you know, as we go into this new presidential cycle in a couple of weeks, we can praise whoever, whoever. I'm not going to praise any politician ever in my life, except Bernie Sanders. He was a gem, but. Um, I think politicians at the end of the day are all out for their pol- for themselves. Politicians are politicians, but it is up to us. They work for us. They are civil servants. They work for us. We are the ones that make the demands on what they need to be doing and caring about. So I hope that we can make the presidency of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris more aware that hello disabled people are here there there are 37 million of us around the country and that number is going to grow exponentially with COVID and um, people that are recovering from COVID that have permanent disabilities as a result of COVID so we're going to see a rise in the disability numbers and hopefully we can see a rise in care and attention being brought um 
but I didn't mean to get on a political tangent, but that is, you know, very, it's very important to me, very, very important that after the year that we had and after the presidential cycle that we've had, um, and I think in 2016, we all kind of thought it was a joke and we kind of suffered for four years because we realized it wasn't a joke. Donald Trump was actually our president. And I am not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm actually, I don't claim either side. I, Like I said, I think the government needs to work for the people. I think there's no reason why these senators are making millions and millions of dollars and they're getting tax breaks and they're getting stimulus checks when people are out here unemployed, losing their homes, suffering and dying when the government has the absolute power to change everything that's happening right now and they're just redundant to do so so i'm not a democrat i'm i'm not a republican i'm not even an independent i'm literally a person of people and i think the government needs to function to care for its people and if that's wrong and if that's socialist uh i'm sorry uh but that's what i believe in and i don't think that it's wrong thinking that human beings need to care about human beings especially because i am disabled and I know what it's like to be at the brunt end of people not giving a damn about you or your physical disability or any kind of anything that you go through saying that I should have tried harder pretty much to not have cerebral palsy. I should have tried harder to receive care um, when in reality, the government should try harder to be aware and um, try harder just to be up and show up for the people that it claims that it's serving. But that, those are just my political beliefs. And I didn't mean to go on a political tangent, but you know, when you, when you're an adult and you're disabled, unfortunately, that comes with the territory. We have to become aware of political policies and become aware of where we stand because we could be actively voting against someone or for someone that is that's going to make our lives harder. And I think we have to think about that when we go to the polls and we vote for these people. We have to be aware of what we're voting for because when it comes to medical care and policies and discrimination as far as ableism in the workforce and unemployment rates and um, things like that. These, these are things that directly can be changed if we go out there as a population and go vote. So with that being said, I just wanted to to let everybody know where I, where I stand there, obviously. But, you know, when you're an adult and you have a disability, those are things when you're a kid you're not aware of and you don't care. You don't care who's president and what they're going to do for your disability. But as an adult, that's like one of the first things on your mind. What are you going to do for me? And how are you going to hurt me more than this previous president has? Um, and when you're a kid and you have a disability, we're more subject to teasing and getting made fun of, of course, because children, you know, if we're different, we stick out like a sore thumb. But I find as an adult um, with disabilities, I'm more having to prove myself to people, um, whether it's unspoken or spoken. Um, definitely in the world of academia, I'm finding I have to prove myself a lot more or I'm undermined. I'm undermined a lot. And then people are surprised when I speak the way that I do and I'm articulate the way that I am. Um, academia is ableist. They don't really cater to the needs of disabled people. I'm noticing in, in a lot of the subject matter, disabled issues are often lumped in with other issues such as LGBTQ or battered women or women issues. Disabled issues and women issues are different, completely different. Disabled issues are human rights issues. We don't deserve to be lumped in with one group. Uh, we deserve our, our own 
we deserve our own movement altogether. We um, we deserve our own topic altogether. So I'm learning that even in the world of academia, if you have a disability and you're disabled, whether physically or mentally, we do have to strive a little bit extra to prove ourselves, to make it past the convoluted words that are everywhere that intentionally make it hard for people to understand if they struggle with disabilities learning disabilities and things like that because if you can say it in a simpler form or fashion I don't understand why why you wouldn't you're putting all these flower words in there to make the the sentence hard when if you break it down to people I'm sure more people would be able to understand and get into school but that's a whole other topic in itself but um being a kid and having a disability you're more I feel like accepted people are more willing to help you because People are always willing, or maybe not in this country, but willing to help children and be there for children, show up for children. Um, And uh, some kids are more open to being friends with people with disabilities. And sometimes when I'm an adult, I feel like I have to be careful about who I'm around. And if this particular friend group is going to make me feel safe um, and care about my disability and take it into consideration, those are things that Unfortunately, when you're an adult, you have to take that into consideration for your own safety. Uh, Don't go out and drink with people that aren't going to make sure that you're all right or make sure that you're walking behind them or you're always with someone. Um, Don't go with people that are going to leave you in places to get hurt or stranded. I've been in those positions growing up and they weren't safe. They weren't fun. And it took me a long time to realize that those people weren't my friends. But I'm also finding as you transition into adult Um, having a disability and a kid having disability, we really find out who our friends are. You find out what you're able to tolerate, you tolerate uh, what your body is able to handle. Um, So you really learn a lot growing up as an adult with cerebral palsy. And I remember um, somebody asked me a question one time that kind of stumped me. They were like, well, what's the positives of having cerebral palsy? And I was like, positives? Um, I don't know. (laughs) It really took me a long time to think about it because I've never really thought about the positive parts about having cerebral palsy. But I would say, um, it just, it's making, it's made me a kinder person, I believe. I don't know if I'd be so kind and accepting, um, if I haven't went through so much in my life. I don't know if anybody really would be. Um, but I'm accepting of all kinds of differences and I really want to help and love everybody because I know what it's like to be rejected from birth. I know what it's like to be rejected in in your very first school that you go to in freaking kindergarten. I know what it's like for people not to like you for no other reason than, than you're just different than them and they don't understand you. So they would rather pick and taunt and torment you than get to know you. So I don't think if I had cerebral palsy, I would be so accepting of other people. I don't know if I'd be so inspirational. I'd probably be just another bratty person in the world trying to find their purpose. I feel like cerebral palsy has given me a purpose to be kind, um, to help others, and to to make a difference. I feel like I have cerebral, pal- cerebral palsy because I can handle cerebral palsy. I don't feel like my life is a burden. I feel like sometimes it's hard and I do cry and sometimes I don't want to look at my reflection in the mirror. Um, Just myself walking. I mean, I don't hate myself, but I don't want to look at my walking reflection because sometimes it really does depress me to see how differently my walk changes from year to year. Um, It's never the same. It's always a little different. Sometimes I lean to the left. Sometimes I lean to the right. Um, (laughs) But 
you know, it's all in the name of self-acceptance and it's the name of the game. Having cerebral palsy every year is going to be different. And I'm learning to accept that as I get older, that I'm not going to bounce back as much as I used to when I'm a kid. I was a kid. And although I don't get teased and made fun of like I used to when I was a kid, one thing about growing up is I feel like I have to defend myself a lot more having cerebral palsy. I have to defend the fact that I don't have a car and defend the fact that I don't drive and defend the fact that I live with my parents and I'm on a limited income and um, I'm getting my master's degree. I love school and I love learning, but I'm getting my master's degree so I could be employable to these people because having a bachelor's degree is not enough having cerebral palsy. I feel like I have to go above and beyond to prove myself. Um, I have to go above and beyond to prove to the government that I'm worthy of food stamps. So it's, I feel like I'm always having to prove myself. Um, as I was a kid, I was proving that I could do it. And as, a, as an adult, I'm proving that just because I have a disability doesn't mean I'm any less of a person than you. Um, I've been undermined in my graduate program. I've, I've had people like say that disabled lives are are hopeless and people look at them a certain kind of way and then I have to remind them like you know I'm a disabled individual right like I live and breathe this life I'm on social security I'm on food stamps I'm the people living off the government that you say that you don't like so I people are people are sometimes are prejudiced towards disabled people they don't even realize what they're saying um Oh, people that are mooching and living off the government, they don't even realize that that's you're talking about disabled individuals because they make it that way. Um, the workforce is ableist as all hell. The work, the working man's world was not set up with disabled individuals in mind. Um, and then to be on food stamps, you know, you have to be bottom of the barrel to receive SSI. You can't have a job to to have food stamps. You have to have a part time job. But then, if you have a part time job, they take away your SSI. So where are you supposed to go? It's like a never ending wheel in a circle. And that was stuff that I was blind to as a kid, obviously, because you don't think about finances and policies and. If you're going to be employable when you're a kid, when you're a kid, you literally have a dream and you say you're going to be that and you grow up to be that and nobody disputes you. And then when you have become an adult and you have a disability, unfortunately, there are harsh realities that you have to face that maybe I can't do this dream because my body is going to get in the way Um, that that happened to me. I wanted to be a nurse Uh, for my entire life. I wanted to be a nurse, but I had to come to the harsh reality that that physically is not the smartest thing for my body. And while I could probably do it for a couple of years, in the long run, it would hurt my body rather than help it. So I did a career change, a thought process change, and I did the criminal justice with psychology degree. And I'm focusing on my clinical master's in mental health so I can work in the mental health field. So I'm still going to be helping people just mentally rather than physically helping them. Um, which is better for me. But like I said, uh, my cerebral palsy is the reason that goal, that life goal changed. And it was because I had to become realistic about my disability and where it was taking me and where my body was going rather than being in denial about it. Um, I was realistic about it and changed something about it. But again, when you're a kid, you just see the tunnel vision and you see like, oh, I can be this dream. I could do that job because, because you believe it and you can do it. And then when you become an adult with the disability and you realize how the system is set up and how ableist it is and how the government really is giving us scraps, um, then you realize sometimes those dreams have to be altered. Those plans have to be altered and sometimes you work from there. Um, 
And that's really where I am in life right now. Sometimes I'm grappling with the fact that I'm living with my parents because of my circumstances with SSI and everything like that. Um, Not because I'm a bum or not because I don't have anything going for myself. I'm getting my master's degree. I'm trying. I'm doing this podcast. I'm putting myself out there. But again, when you're disabled, it takes a little bit more time. Um, It takes a little bit more time to make something of yourself and prove yourself um, to the world. But that's what I'm doing. That's the process that I'm in. I am very, very optimistic about 2021. I just feel like the year 2021, 21st century cripple, good things are going to happen. But like I said, I didn't feel right coming on here and speaking positively and affirmatively about my disability when that's not what I was feeling at the time. And all of the wonder and hope and um, fire that I had in me as a kid, uh, I need to find that again, having a disability. Because sometimes I just get physically tired and sometimes I get depressed because I feel like There's nobody really out there that understands me, which is why I made this podcast so I can reach those people. Um, And sometimes the disabled community in itself is very cliquish. And they it seems like if you're not a certain kind of disability or you're not a certain kind of way or a certain type of aggressive or something, whatever it is, uh, the disabled community is a little bit cliquish for me. And I don't I don't vibe well with anything clickish. I'm kind of a free floater. Um, I'm friends with everybody and everything, but I don't really vibe with clicks. I don't like groups. And I'm, and I'm learning that about the disabled community, unfortunately. But hopefully, um, 21st Century Cripple is creating a space where you don't feel like it's clickish and you can listen to this whether you're disabled or not. And I hope that uh, whatever wisdom I'm speaking, whatever words I'm speaking, it resonates with any of you that are listening um, because that's the purpose of this. And like I said, I couldn't get on this podcast and lie to you guys every week that I was happy in my skin when I was really um, dealing with my own issues. And it's never out of self-hate. I don't self-harm anymore. I used to. Um, when I would go into these depressive moments, I would I have burns on my legs because that's I would be taking out my frustration on my legs uh, metaphorically speaking, I guess you can say, but I don't do that anymore. I found better ways to cope. Um, uh, I guess you can say better ways. I kind of retreat into my head and kind of go away for a little bit, but that's why I didn't feel right coming on the podcast and lying pretty much. I, I have to be honest with my listeners and my viewers. This podcast is going to reach millions of ears. I know it. I speak it. I know it to be true. I feel it in my soul. I just feel like this is something that can reach a lot of people and I can't get on here and lie and I can't get on here and uh, sugarcoat the truth because that's not who I am. Um, So I couldn't talk on here again until I felt like I was in a happy place and I could accept that my body is changing. Um, I could fall today. I'm probably going to fall later. Um, I've been dropping a lot of things lately. My body is changing and I need to be an adult about it. I need to make doctor's appointments and be proactive. Um, But I also need to understand that that's just the territory of being disabled. And um, I have to be I have to be accepting of change rather than scared of it. And um, I know that when I work on that, it'll be a little bit easier and um I have goals. I have things I want to achieve and my cerebral palsy is not going to get in the way. It's going to make me stronger and it's going to make, maybe I have to take a little bit different paths than everybody else and pave a wheelchair um, ramp along the way. Um, But I'm going to do it and I can do it. Um, And I just want to set, I want to set the tone for the first episode of 2021. I really hope I'm being inspirational. I hope 
this means something to all of you because I've been meaning to upload for a long time. Um, but I felt right today. It was the right time to do it. So thank you guys for coming back to 21st Century Cripple. This is 2021. We are going to have a great year, a blessed year. Uh, make sure you, you know, you set your manifestations, you set your positivity. I want all of us to learn for 2019 and 2020 that we can be better in 2021. So Thank you guys for tuning in to 21st Century Cripple. I promise new episodes will come, if not weekly, bi-weekly, because I am in graduate school and it's it's kicking up my butt right now. But um, this is what I signed up for. So I promised you guys more frequent episodes of 21st Century Cripple are coming. Thank you guys for tuning in. It feels so good to be back with you guys. Uh, make sure you do something nice today. I hope the universe loves you today, and I will see you guys next week. <laughs>